Hello and welcome to this episode of the Venus Investor Evolutionary Astrology Podcast. Now, this week I'm not very well and my face is swollen in uh, an immune response post-viral rash. And so, um, yeah, my tongue has swollen as well. It's very difficult to speak. So I'm going to keep this quite concise. Um, We've just had the Scorpio new moon, which I know many of you are still reading from. And this absolutely my face blown up um, so that my eyes are shut and my tongue is so painful because it's swollen as well. So this is this is exactly the manifestation of a new moon, that this new moon in Scorpio was on my own moon and it was on my own south node and Neptune, which were in a tight bunch. So this new moon here with Mars was really digging into things that I've been working on to dig out. And in a, as you may know, I'm training to be herbalist. So in the herbal sense, I'm trying to get rid of damp heat, which is like the toxicity deep that gets held within and is suppressed by modern medicine, antibiotics, etc. So that's what I've been trying to work on. And then opposite this, which is on my north node, we've got Uranus, who's crazy ass Uranus is like, really, come on, let's bring it about. Let's make it happen. Let's shift, shift things in the earth. Let's let's move things because Earth is Taurus. Let's move things on planet Earth and in our bodies. So this new moon is a, and my you know, face swollen up with a red rash all over it. I mean, I look horrendous. Got red rash all over my neck, red rash all over my body. Um, and it was really itchy at first. Thank God I've calmed that part of it down. But anyway, that is exactly a physical representation of everything I've been doing. So hail, all hail to the planets to really help you physically move things out of the body. And these things would be things because it's scorpionic, things that affect your sacral things from your past and this is definitely for me past life stuff that's resonating through this life sexual trauma and issues with my mother and just recently I've um, sort of uh, got to a better place with her and that's amazing and I feel again this is another reason why this can now go out because because the activity that was happening before that was triggering and hurting isn't happening or uh, at the moment so I want to make that point, though, that, that, OK, this is a new moon in Scorpio and it's got Mars there, so it's digging deep, digging deep. But the fact that there's this opposition of Uranus, really powerful opposition in Taurus, it's almost like you know acting in the manifest world where Scorpio is the unmanifest. It's like it's it's allowing the physical purge, which it absolutely would not have happened if it hadn't had the opposition as well. It would have just been a more emotional, spiritual kind of feeling purge. But the opposition has allowed a physical purge. So even though it's super challenging, I'm really grateful for that. So continuing with our rather challenging astrology, this weekend which is the 16th of November right through to the 20th, which is Monday the 20th. Mars is staying with the sun. In fact, the sun actually overtakes Mars. So they're really close since the moon. So the Mars was ahead, was at uh, um, 21, 22 degrees at the new moon, which is at 20 degrees. And now they move together. It's like the sun is slowly catching up or Mars is slowing down. 
So the sun actually overtakes whilst in this opposition to Uranus. So that's kind of this these, this powerful duo, you know, feisty, challenging, you know, really digging deep into those scorpionic subconscious, the sh- into the shadow, really bringing things out and then opposing Uranus. And as I said, I don't feel like what I'm manifesting would have come out physically in my body if the Uranus part hadn't been there. So I'm sure there's going to be things within this world globally or with your own personal setup that things are going to come out in a physical sense whether that's within your house you know like when you've got um, urinary problems and the plumbing goes kind of thing you know things are going to manifest quite readily out of the shadow um so these two are together and then the sun exactly overtakes um mars and this is going through from the 24 to 27 degree of Scorpio where they're exact together um so really really bringing these things about and I noticed that the global governments you know that are represented by Pluto in Capricorn which this will be then sex making a sextile which is one sign um missing one sign in the next sign away um that's a really you know sextiles are kind of active they really bring things about so I think that's where the global governments are going to try and pull a fast one if, or we're going to be aware that they're trying to pull a fast one. And I mean by that, trying to hide what they're really doing, but it's going to come out. You know, the fact that they're already making oil contracts, Israel, UK, America, France and others are with those big companies like BP are making contracts with the oil that Gaza owns. So that kind of idea that's going to come out, those kind of things, I think isn't going to be viable. We're going to see it. It's so scorpionic. And so these planets journeying to the end of Scorpio. And they also then make a trine with Neptune in Pisces. And isn't it funny that Neptune rules gases? And obviously in Pisces, these gases are going to be given away freely or siphoned off to God knows where. But in this modern age, we have enough information to go in around, enough access to information to see that the Gaza's incredible wealth of gas is being contracted out to the big companies before we've even commandeered them. So for them, it's already a done deal. And it's like the sun and Mars together in in Scorpio, like the hounds of hell, sniffing out the power, the money, the ego, you know, and for us, you know, for deep stuff, for shadow stuff, for what we're holding on to. Um, we can literally see this working on a global scale. So perhaps it's easiest for us to then purge it and see what's happening on a personal level. And the exact of this, so the sun overtakes, so an exact conjunction is actually two days, really, Friday in the afternoon of Friday the 17th in the UK to arrive together on the 18th in the AM for that period, sort of 12 noon to 12 noon in the UK. So roughly much, much the same in other countries. Um, They are exact at 24 and 25 degrees. That's exact to Neptune because Neptune slips back from 25 to 24 degrees. So 
and then obviously the sextile to Pluto. And this little grouping goes on to the 20th. And that's when the sun slowly starts to move away from Mars and goes ahead and, of course, into Sagittarius. And on on another level entirely, the sun and Mars together in Scorpio can obviously be very sexy, dynamically sexy. And so this is also a time then to clear away any sexual blocks, any misgivings, even stuff that perhaps you're not aware of, you know, to sit with it and see what's there and use that energy to take your sex, your sacral power to the next level. And whether that's going to be actual sex or the sexual chi, which is the health giving, life giving chi to enhance health and wealth. It's a very good manifesting. So any blocks there. And when I talk about manifesting, especially with Scorpio, there's often lack programs running or uh, lack of worth, lack of, you know, understanding that you're sitting within the lack or or there's issues there around money which Scorpio represents. And it's very tied to um, sexuality in that way that, you know, that's that fountain of sacral power that can be used to actualize yourself in life. And deep in the Scorpionic, there be shadow forces or past life stuff or group karma there that, you know, that maybe you're attached to and very, very real personal stuff that you can be exercised at this time. You know, don't let this opportunity go past if there are things like that you want to deal with. Like the doors are open for the group consciousness as well as personal. So definitely worth doing, you know, the inner work, such even if it's, you know, just journaling, you know, meditating, reflecting, self-care in, in and allowing yourself to go to those thoughts that you wouldn't ordinarily you dismiss and carry on with your physical life, as it were. And with Scorpio, you know, remember that you are safe. And so if any demons um, um, conceptual or otherwise raise their head, it's time to excise them, time to to face them, the facing these concepts and so that they lose their sort of underworld power over you, um, that you are the one then that comes in control. (laughs) So, yeah, let's let's have a great weekend, guys. (laughs) It's looking good. Because on the 22nd, the sun now overtaken and moving away from Mars ingress into Sagittarius. And this is altogether a far more fresher and excitable energy. It's really like, you know, a a whole swell of energy to get things happening and to move around and, um, you know, get into things that perhaps you've been kind of looking at more in a um, ethereal level before, as we've just discussed. And Mercury is already in Sagittarius. And I, th- I think, you know, Mercury already, it, it's been how all the stuff that's been going on in Scorpio, the dark secrets, have been, haven't been able to hide. We know about these oil contracts. We know about the the Gaza Canal, the Ben-Gurion Canal. We know this because Mercury is in Sagittarius. Mercury in Sagittarius cannot keep a secret, cannot help but divulge any information. Um, That's how we know all this underground stuff is going on. We can thank Mercury in in Sagittarius 
for allowing us to see that, for allowing us to see what's really, hear it, see it, see it on social media. And now with the sun in Sagittarius too, remember it's also how the global powers, the governments, global governments can keep a straight face whilst telling lies, you know, with the sun and Mercury here. And it's not because they think they're lying or they're trying to lie. It's because they really do believe what what they're saying and doing is right. There's some sort of twisted countenance there. And I think that's that's a very Sagittarian attitude. And I know this because both my parents were Sagittarius, you know, the utter, the utter belief in what's what's right and where we're heading. Um, so that's how that they come about it. And so here, the Sun and Mercury, we're going to see more of this kind of, um, you know, um, build back better attitude from the global governments. But for us, it's time for us to talk and have some fun. You know, this is Christmas season starting I mean, obviously, there is the chance here that we can be also led astray with beliefs or our, our ideology that we want to follow. However, it is time, you know, to get some energy into your goals. And I'm thinking about the higher goals of life, not the to do list, the the money and the achievements. It's more to do with the exalted feeling of where you want to be. And, you know, it's like when you go for a job interview and they go, where do you want to be in five years time? And clever people say, oh, I want to be the manager and director. Whereas I was sitting there thinking, well, on a yacht, drinking a cocktail on a beach, you know, that's where that's where I was at. But that feeling of where you want to be rather than, you know, the exalted goals, the the idea, the dream stuff in far ahead in the future, future. And remember that, you know, Sagittarius's arrow is always pointing upwards to the stars. And that's where we're heading. So when the sun does move in to Sagittarius on the 22nd, it's going to make a square to Saturn. Saturn is still at zero degree Pisces. And then two days later, on the 24th, Mars is also going to step into Sagittarius and make a square to Saturn. And so the Sun and the Mars are not going to be far off that naught degree squaring Saturn. So that's from the, the 22nd and the 24th. And this kind of square to Saturn represents a real challenge, even a test of some kind. You know, Saturn is there, like, you know, like sat, we come through the gates of Sagittarius going yee-haw, kind of here we come. We're much more enthusiastic and excitable. But Saturn, sober Saturn is there going, hold on a minute. You know, this enthusiasm where we're going, let's have it. This gung-ho attitude. Saturn's like, I'm not having any of this. You can imagine, you know, oh, world leaders here then urging more airstrikes or bombing or to get in there. But Saturn here in Pisces will have a force and restrictive approach. The gung-ho attitude that these these two, Mars and uh, so the Sun, have in Sagittarius, you know, are, may have a spanner in the works. You know, it's like, no, 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 no. Hold up on all your projects here. But in the way that we think about this, it's like, well, Saturn here, it might be restrictive, but Saturn is always like, we, we have to look at this carefully. We have to be a bit more serious about this and we have to take some considerations and considerations where in Pisces there, where there might be losses, where you might give away power where you might be um, oppressed or, or get yourself stuck somewhere. 
So this, I think, is quite a good, even though it is a square, I think it is giving a more sober approach to anything that's going on dynamically. So for us, it's a safety net. And for globally, I think it's also a safety net. And with Pisces, it does make us sure that we think beyond ourselves, you know, think about who else this is going to affect whatever we're going to be doing. Because also on the 22nd, when the sun moves into Sagittarius, Venus is going to be opposite Chiron at 15 degrees. So Venus is in Libra, Chiron is in Aries. And in this way, we can also expect some ideals, Libran ideals, Sagittarius ideals or values being trashed or having to learn something by being hurt. You know, this opposition is bringing up the pain of where you really held something dear. And actually now it needs to be processed as well. So added with the sun and moving into Sagittarius and squaring Saturn, we know that things you know are taking moved up a notch. We all have some serious consideration to do. And maybe this is what we don't really want to do. Maybe this is taking this beyond ourselves and our own pain, which obviously on a personal level um, is um, kind of challenging. But on a global level, we can also see what how that might play out. But really, with Venus in Libra, it's, it's about the consideration of our own issues by keeping an equilibrium there, keeping the harmony. And uh, you know, even though there might be some pain there, understanding that other people have that pain. But really, it's, um, it's quite a powerful shift when these two planets, Sun and Mars, move into Sagittarius because of these other aspects. Now, on the 25th of November... So only a few days later, because Mars moves into Sagittarius on the 24th and on the 25th, Mercury moves into the shadow of an upcoming retrograde. So he, Mercury moves into the shadow at 22 degrees um, Sagittarius. And this retrograde is going to go into Capricorn and, well, starts in Capricorn and comes back to 22 degrees Sagittarius. Mercury at this shadow point at 22 degrees is inconjunct, meaning ignoring Uranus. But also at the same time, Venus is also inconjunct Uranus in Taurus. So both Mercury and Venus, who do work together really well, are creating by these two inconjuncts pointing at the same point, are creating a yod formation pointing at Uranus. And this could be electrifying. We are absolutely in for some some surprises. And also on the 26th of November, the moon then joins Uranus at 26 degrees. I mean, this is kind of wow and explosive, explosive because it's Uranus crazy ass who creates chaos to wake us up. He is the enlightenment theory. You know, he wants us to understand things and get going and wake up in our bodies, in our minds, um, spiritually. So it's explosive because of the yod, which wakes up previously sleeping, sluggish or ignored um, situations, people. Um, and on, and also because it's in Taurus, something in our bodies, something explosive for the planet. FYI. 
So even if it isn't the land exploding, it is something about our bodies, about the physicality. And maybe it's a medical thing. Maybe it's more information about uh, the pandemic and what it really has done to us that is going to come out there. Now, the moon leaves this explosive position. And it's always interesting what the moon has done just before it makes a full moon or a new moon. But he leaves this point and ingress to Gemini. So that was the end of Taurus, now into Gemini, and therefore also square to Saturn again in Pisces. So on the 27th of November, Gemini makes, or the moon makes a Gemini full moon, which is always going to be quite complex. You know, Gemini brings with it the program of duality, or the constellation of Gemini brings the program of duality. And that's duality in our thinking mind. And what we represent or put out on the surface versus what's happening in the subconscious and the vast sea of memory and shadow forces. Our consciousness, our conscious waking, our actual how we operate in the conscious world is in the third dimension and the subconscious is in the second dimension and the lower fourth. And of course, you know, in a future days, we're going to be merging with the consciousness, the subconscious, the unconscious, um, and the conscious are will be merging as we move dimensionally. And in this sense, you will be able to see people's thoughts and ideas on their faces. You'll be able to see it because the whole idea of the things, not you know, if you, things you're not aware of will, will be completely there for everyone to see. And it will actually come out in facial form as well. So, you know, it's like, you know, if you see someone like a cartoon, if you if you put the baddie in, you know what the baddie is going to look like. Well, this is going to be much more prevalent in humans when these dimensional shifts occur, when the subconscious, unconscious and conscious all merge. And that's a dimensional merging not necessarily just a, a physical one it's it's that that's when the dimensions come together and and it's quite hard to explain some you know the gemini aspect and um i wanted to read you something from my uh, teacher's book dr yubraj sharma and he's got this amazing book and um I'll, if you want to buy it, i'll contact me because it's it's called spirit earth and human evolution volume one and it basically tells you everything you need to know um from, you know, about consciousness, about the planets, about earth evolution, spirit, everything. But anyway, in this section, it says the program of duality was especially brought down to primordial earth through the star systems of Gemini, the twins, and involved use of the animal soul group of the spiders. The overcoming of Aramanic forces will therefore include the transformation of Geminian programs and the spider entity lodged within this planetary sub and unconscious. <laughs> In a future stage of Earth evolution towards the end of the fifth root race, um, the etheric energy of the moon will be once more merged with the Earth. And we're, we are in the fourth root race. So it's quite a while in the future. This will trigger the collapse of the subconscious realm as a separate plane of reality from the conscious third dimension, which is where we are. Those humans retaining karma within their subconscious will experience their shadows precipitating into material form, particularly manifesting as a hideous spider brood. 
the webs of which represent previously unseen karmic cords. In, it is thus imperative for the human race to begin mass cleansing and purification of the subconscious realm, both at personal and planetary levels, to prevent such a potential future apocalyptic reality. Hmm. So you know how all those horror movies kind of tell you what's going to be happening. I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to be watching any more spider movies, arachnophobia, because here we are, uh, it's telling us that we do have to clear this subconscious. We can't just let it rest. And obviously the planets are asking us to do this. We're asking us to clear that, whether it's on a personal level or the group. So yeah, here we are, warriors for the light. And against the sp poor spiders, I quite like a little spider, um, as long as it's little. So for Gemini activity, it's a, a full moon. It's an emphasis, of course, on mental activity and a reminder to check in with the less obvious, the, the voices in the head, uh, you know, that are, can be quite subtle. And it's a great time to write, write out whatever's going on, write it down, get it out. And I'm such a big fan of the morning pages, you know, they're from that book, Julia Cameron, who uh, the artist's way, I think it's called. And she every morning she says, you wake up before you your conscious brain kicks in, get a notepad and write three full scat pages of what's ever in your head. And of course, it starts off as the cat sat on the mat. You're like, well, how can I fill three pages? And then suddenly you get a burst of kind of stuff coming out. And in there, even though a lot of it might be rubbish, there is some real gems and real understanding when you look at it in a group. And then, of course, you can burn that stuff. You don't need to keep it. She's kept all hers, but I'm just going to get rid of it. It's, you know, just take out the bits you need and burn the rest. But anyway, this really helps clear the subconscious and, and therefore enables a much clearer thinking uh, and, and feeling as well process. So here with this full moon, with this oh, clearer, new clearer pr thinking process, we are ready to hear some big news. Full moons can bring it always a big eureka moment, a light bulb even. And also remember that Mercury, who rules this Gemini moon, is in Sagittarius and within its shadow zone. So it can open up some real open up and free the conversation. So let's expect some, you know, some of our, maybe our world leaders talking about things that we're like, wow, they're actually saying this on the news now. But really, Mercury that's square to Neptune. Um, so therefore freeing up speech and what we need to know. And also the Mercury is making a trine to the North Node at this point. So discussions about our future. Um, but it is actually the moon is square to Saturn, Saturn, an early uh, Pisces, a naught degree Pisces, in fact, and this moon at four degrees Gemini. So any conversations you have here, any discussions or com or connections could make a lasting impression because of Saturn's presence here and could be fairly serious, you know. But the, the square to Saturn can allow us, enable us to have a more productive but slower process and one that provides real and lasting effects rather than the quick 
Gemini activity. We want this much more considered slow with Saturn. So Saturn here is really being quite powerful with quite a lot of the aspects, slowing things down, restricting the process. And but, you know, Saturn doesn't just slow it down for nothing. It slows it down so that it actually works in the end. Um, but also Gemini full moon, you know, forget the rest. Let's have some fun. You know, we've got Sagittarius things going on and Gemini, the fun, the flirting. But make sure it is going to be with the right person, the right situation or the right company, as in corporate company. You know, make sure you're having fun along those lines. Um, I say this because Venus will be sitting on the recent solar eclipse point, which is 21 degrees Libra. At this full moon. So know that there are other worldly forces at play, karma coming up ready to deliver when Venus sits here on this eclipse point, which is obviously already quite sort of sensitive. And Venus coming here in her own sign of Libra is like, yeah, you know, we want to bring out this. What we were doing at the solar eclipse is bringing up the relationships and reworking them. And Venus is here is adding a real dose of you know, not so much just the opening up to the karma in uh, in a beauty way, in a more fulfilling way, perhaps. And I say perhaps because Venus is also the goddess of war. And at the moment, she is the goddess of war because she's the morning star. Now, I've seen her out there next to the moon last week. She looked incredible. So we see her as the morning star at the moment. And as she's sitting on sensitive spots for Israel, which I've mentioned in other podcasts. So maybe this Gemini full moon will bring about peace talks. But this time they have to be totally, peace talks have to be totally different. They just can't be, give us the the people back. This is like, it has to have a proper resolution of living peacefully side by side. Um, so different from what went before. And then that brings us to October, oh, no, sorry, not October, November, got a completely wrong month. So it brings us the 29th of November and Venus then crosses the south node. And this is the south node next to the eclipse point. And the south node is at 24 degrees Libra. So again, this isn't just um, a full moon day but you know but it extends through the last week of November there's karmic love relationships karmic partnerships and I'm thinking here of Palestine and Israel as well karmic relationships here have a chance to be rebalanced yeah Venus sitting here on this eclipse point and then on the south node is like a soothing balm on the burnt the ravaged and exposed places of relationships but this is like a dose of hindsight. So now it's important to learn the lesson of recent upsets and outrages. And hopefully this is will, will come about in a peaceful, harmony way. We can close the door on the fuss because there are better considerations to dedicate our time to now. So blessings to you all and go in the beauty way. Thank you for listening.